0: Hello, I'm Dr. Lisa Belial, and you are listening to or watching Radio Maine. Today I have with me in the studio, Danielle Devine, who is the editor of Maine Home Design Magazine. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. This is just such a special <laughs> pleasure because I think you and I have not seen each other for four and a half years,
1: perhaps? Probably. Yeah. yeah it's It's been a while. I feel like... The pandemic was longer than yes. we thought it would be, yes. <laughs> but we tried to get together numerous times. But That's right.
0: It's not that we weren't in contact. Yeah, we were in yeah. contact,
1: but yeah, so it's really nice to see you in person.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think what's what some people may not know is that for a brief period of time, I actually, mm-hmm. you and I worked together when I was mm-hmm. working with yeah. um, the magazines, and I really enjoyed our our working relationship. It's really fun to be able to spend time um, getting to know you and also getting to know the design world, which you have a lot of background (laughs) in, not just in this current role, but you've been working in the design world for many years now.
1: I have, yeah. I went to undergrad um, for, I was an English major and then an art history minor. So I've always really loved art. Um, so I, after graduation, I went to finance actually, like, because I was in Boston and I wanted to make a lot of money, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and I left that world. I knew I wanted to do something with art um, and design really piqued my interest because it was um, functional. But um, I think without my history and fine art and my love of fine art, I wouldn't have been drawn to design um, and really appreciated it. Um, So I guess like, yeah, fine art led me to design and architecture. um, And I've been working in that field for almost 18 years. So a long time.
0: I mean, we were pretty lucky to have you start working with us at the magazine when you um, when you came to Maine, because originally, you and your husband, you weren't, you're not necessarily Mainers, per se.
1: No. Um, so when we moved, we were in New York City, and we really wanted, we had a, fam- start having a family, and, um... My in-laws live here, and I really wanted to live here. <laughs> um, so my husband is an architect in New York. Um, he opened up an office here. Um, and when I first came here, I connected with the magazines. Um, I really – I was at an uh, international, national magazine. Um, but I wanted to, you know, like know about – the design world in Maine and Maine home and design really just like encompassed everything that I wanted, um, to learn about. So I was fortunate enough to be able to work for the magazine and freelance. And then, um, eventually I was hired, um, after a few years and yeah, I haven't really looked back and I feel really fortunate to be able to live in Maine and to, um, write about design and architecture. So it's kind of a, a dream.
0: It's interesting when you use the word functional, because mm-hmm. I, I think that you're you're absolutely right. A lot of people think of art as this is something on a wall. It's something in a museum. It's something mm-hmm. that we have to go somewhere to admire from afar. Mm-hmm. But what you're describing is really living within a, a beautiful space and, yeah. and the impact that that potentially can have mm-hmm. in creating a better life.
1: Yeah, I um, I love the fact that design really is for everyone, right? So um, everything in this room has been designed and has a function. Um, most of it, and you have beautiful art, but um, yeah, I just I like the fact that it can appeal to someone very little, like with with Legos or tinker toys um and then it can appeal to you know people that are looking for a new home and um like sustainable architecture so it's it's really um it's for the masses um and i think also fine art can be for the masses and i love the combination of the two um which you know i i really like the portland art gallery so um when homes have art from the gallery in it that really makes it nice um and people combine great art and design and architecture it's just like great furniture great architecture so that's really um what's nice about the magazine is I get to do all of that um and kind of put that all together and and make an issue every month so
0: Well, I have to say I consider myself being from the masses because I did not have um, a fine art background. I did not have any real formal education in art. But I always had a sense of what I liked and what appealed to me and what I felt was beautiful or touching. And so for me, it was trying to find a way to... Whatever stage I was at, you know, when I was, yeah. when my kids were little, maybe we didn't have as much art on the walls because, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you don't have as so much money and also, oh, you course. know, you yeah. obviously have um, competing priorities. But, mm-hmm. you know, as time has gone along, um, the the fact that you live with art and it can kind of evolve with you and, mm-hmm. and similarly, even the way that we design our homes and how mm-hmm. those can also evolve with us over the course of our lives. Have you worked with, well, I, I know that you have. <laughs> have you, you've probably worked with you know people. My world. <laughs> yes, ex- exactly. Um, I, I'm guessing that you've worked with people in all along kind of the lifespan and with very different ideas of how they mm. want to incorporate art and architecture and design into their lives. What mm. are some of the lessons that you've learned?
1: Um, the lessons I've learned, I guess, um, invest. And good pieces if you can um, there's definitely a lot of homes that have a combination of low and high but knowing which low to go with like I always think invest in a really nice rug um, invest in art you really love right um, lighting is something that I think is really important um, yeah I just I think think sometimes when I was younger, I would just buy to fill space um, and th- that I kind of learned I'd rather wait for something really nice and just have a couple of items. And it really is, I mean, as an editor, it's all about editing, right? Like <laughs> editing what's in your life, what's in the home um, and really having thoughtful decisions. Um, so I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but... Yeah, well,
0: I mean, you, you brought up two, actually, there's two things that I take out of what you're saying. One is the editing, which mm-hmm. is sort of the the taking away of things mm-hmm. that don't need to exist or the accentuating things that you need more of. Um, but one is the curation and the mm-hmm. idea that you're actually making an effort to um, very mindfully choose things to be part of a space as opposed mm-hmm. to... I don't want to name any names of furniture stores that are yep. kind of mass. Like box. You know. Yeah, box stores. Um, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. When I think about, particularly when I was saying college or, mm-hmm. you know, a young parent, I'd be like, I need a little bureau. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it looks like, it just needs to have little children's clothing yeah, in it. Exactly. And you're right. I think that there are times when waiting for the right piece makes a lot more sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's also, I mean, I, I don't know if people would find this interesting or not, but um, with the pandemic, there's obviously, um, everyone knows, a lot of supply shortages. Um, so when I go into a home, there's a lot of stuff missing initially. Like So we, we scout the homes, and then we kind of get to see what they fill it with. And um, if they can't, if they don't want to wait for, you know, a gorgeous um, Moser dining table. Um, they'll go for something that's easy, right? And so they'll fill it with like box store things, um, which is really s- unfortunate, right? And then they usually regret the decision <laughs> and then they want to replace it. So it's it's a lot of um, if you think you, you don't need to fill it, it's better to have like a fold out table maybe for a little bit till you get that table that you really love and that. You appreciate um, and not just fill it with things because that just ends up in the landfill (laughs) eventually, right? So, um, yeah, I think uh, thinking about what you're going to put into your home um, is really important and you don't need that much stuff, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point. You're describing if you make a choice that's a temporary choice, then what happens to the item that you've chosen, that's very temporary. I mean, it's going to go somewhere. And it's sometime, hopefully it'll go to a new home that somebody will need it and want it. But if it doesn't, then it just becomes kind of part of the waste stream. Mm -hmm. So there's actually a reason, there's another reason to be more aware of kind of a sustainable approach and maybe just allowing the space to exist for a little while.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, yeah, the more you live in a space, the The more you know, like what is going to fit in, and and kind of um, where the sun hits, and you know the the certain pieces that um, will really make the room and make you happy. I think it's also what makes the person living in the space happy.
0: Yeah, and the and the idea of um, the idea of form following function. So Mm -hmm. you know, the light comes in, and you realize, oh, I'm going to spend more time in this room in the mornings, and. Mm if I'm going to spend more time in this room in the mornings, do I want to put a little chair here and do I want to enjoy the sunrise? So that is, that is something that you wouldn't necessarily know Mm -hmm. unless you've actually spent time in the space.
1: Yeah. And I, I really love that too. Um, It's interesting when someone works with an architect, they're thinking about that, right? How the sun moves throughout the day and the windows and how many to put in. Um, but also, if you're moving into an existing space, right, um, just kind of like living in there, like you said, and and seeing which areas are the most important, where you're spending your time, and maybe it is worth, you know, getting that Eames lounger for that spot, right, that you're you're in a lot and really love, um, making that splurge with good design, and um, that's a great example of you know form follows function, like. That chair is one of the most comfortable chairs I've ever been in. Um, but it's also so iconic and maybe overused in a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, there's a reason why um, some of these objects are famous, right? So they're they're usually very comfortable and very nice um, and thought out and great materials. And I think materials are extremely important, too, the materials we're using in the house and and everywhere.
0: That's something that we've seen a lot more awareness of over time is what things are made of, mm-hmm. um, whether it's the type of wood, whether it's sustainably forested, whether yeah. we're talking about um, spaces that are taking into consideration things like LED lighting. Mm-hmm. And I think this has become more and more important over the last, I would say, 10 years, but maybe even longer than that. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing for trends in the work that you're doing?
1: Um, I think there's definitely a lot of analyzing everything that's going into the house, all the materials, if we're, especially we're lucky here in Maine, um, and with the design community, they're really focusing on things that are going to last and wear well with the weather. Um, and just going into different homes, you can really tell the home that is, um, really thought out in like a tight envelope. Um, so having those really good windows, the insulation, you're saving money, obviously on your like electric bill, (laughs) you know, overheating. Um, but just like the importance of starting, if you're going to start a new structure, what you're, you're using to, to make it like a tight envelope and really sustainable. Um, so, yeah, I think people are, are thinking more about what they're using, um, and maybe uh, that sometimes might mean an initial bigger investment, but you're saving money in the long run.
0: And we're also thinking about our own health and the health of the house's occupants, our children, our yes. pets. So when you talk about buying a new carpet, is it mm-hmm. doused in
1: that's a really good point, things that are going
0: to off gas that are going to make us ultimately feel sick. So I I think that that as a, you know, somebody in the medical field, I'm really Mm -hmm. glad that that is happening because there are a lot of things that we spend a lot of time with over the course of our lives, bedding, for example, you know, and making sure the bedding that we have doesn't have, um, isn't laden with fire retardant, Preservative yeah. type items. Not not that not that we want to all catch fire, yeah. but just you know, the, an awareness that w- we live around these things that then um, can have an impact on us.
1: Yeah, I think I I could do like a whole <laughs> podcast with you about bedding, and um, I think uh, when I was younger and when you were younger, maybe too. um, Like my mom got like my comforter from like a Macy's or whatever, and there was a reason why it was scratchy. There's a, re- <laughs> a reason why it smelled a little funny. Um, and it, it really is important to have that re- nice material because you of your wellness, you sleep better. It's better for everything. It's better for an editor that comes in <laughs> too. I don't have to bring in a stylist and change out the bed sheets. Right. Um so I think yes, thinking about the materials you're you're buying is um, important, and it's I think it's interesting what you're saying about like some of the things in the like 80s and 90s were not healthy for us at all. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think we're a little bit more thoughtful now.
0: And I and you know I understand that some of the things that are mass produced, it's it's really done from a cost standpoint yeah. because. Honestly, if you can get something that looks really nice and it's mm-hmm. pretty cheap, then don't we all want to have things that look really nice and make our spaces yeah. feel nice? But but yeah, it's always got to be a balance because yeah. um, I think it's kind of like clothing. You know, mm-hmm. you you buy clothing, and if it costs you know seven ninety nine and it still has the formaldehyde and came yeah. over on a boat from China, um, you know, what does that actually <laughs> do to your body as you're wearing it? Yeah, so it's, definitely. uh, but it, it is always a balance, you know, we don't all have endless amounts of money or most yeah. of us don't have it, that no. amount so that we could no. just. No,
1: and that, that's, um, really important too. And I think, um, if anyone's curious, there are a lot of brands, um, that are affordable and use nice materials. So it, they're I can, I don't want to like promote anyone right now, but, um, definitely in that lower price range um and even like bigger stores like like target or something like that they have like a more natural line um so i think like if if you look and even like the dollar store now like generally like, i get it. like there's definitely if you look or you thrift you can um find things at a lower price point um so as long as like you're and I feel like I used to hate when my mom would be like, read the ingredients, <laughs> like kind of like read the, what's in there and, um, and uh, think about what you're putting in yourself and your home and what you're going to live with.
0: So there's two trends that I want to talk with you about. Mm-hmm. I'll start with um, the first, what seems to be a trend, and that is more of a focus on design regionally mm-hmm. and more people who are spending time... Um, putting out media, magazines specifically, related Mm to art and design in Maine, Mm -hmm. which is obviously wonderful to have that focus, but it creates a different landscape for you (laughs) as the the editor of what once was the only magazine and now has some competition. Um, But I think it's kind of intertwined with another theme, and that is that we have had more people, particularly as a result of the pandemic, who have come into Maine to work remotely for a time, but mm-hmm. now have second homes or more people who mm-hmm. already had a second home. And and I'm wondering if that has changed the way that you work and the job that you have.
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, so a lot of people have moved to Maine <laughs> um, since the pandemic. A lot of people have gotten second homes and are spending a lot more time in those second homes, um, especially with being able to have more of a flexible work schedule and work remotely. So I find that um, some people that live in Boston or New York are living here, you know, half the year because they can. Um, so th- there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of stuff being built, um, a lot of really good stuff being built. Um, and from the editorial standpoint, I'm um, working at, international and national magazines before coming here. Um, I think people are realizing um, that regional magazines definitely are um, probably something you that's, you know more relatable. and also um, those national international magazines that I used to work with and my friends used to work at. Um, Are folding um, because people want to just know about homes in Maine, really? Um, And those some of the international and national magazines, which I really love as well, um, are looking for the projects in Maine now, which is interesting. Um, So, Maine Home Design. When I moved here, as I said before, was you know such a great. Thing for me because it was like architecture design and it's all about all in Maine um and after I joined the magazine um a couple other regional design magazines popped up um which is which is great but um I think Maine home design it, their perspective's a little different than ours um I think what I always want design to be accessible right but um we really don't do a lot of DIY um, and I think uh, some of the other magazines do do that so they're kind of filling that that um, void I guess that main home design didn't really fill because we really do like to work with the design community. We um, of course like to give you know hints of what you can do in the home and and do it in like a um, affordable way, but we do, really rely on our design community. Like, um, when I'm looking for a home, I usually get it from an architect or a builder or interior designer that I'm going to put in the magazine. Um, and you know, out of 10 homes I see four will be published. Right. So, um, or not even, uh, there definitely is, um, a lot of looking and seeing what's going to fit in main home design to stay on brand um, and what I think our audience will appreciate. Uh, so I think yes, there's other regional magazines. I have to say that I don't think um, they're really competition with us because their their outlooks a little different than ours.
0: So that's that's interesting to me because I think we we're in this interesting time where we want to be kind of everything to everybody and we want mm-hmm. to be equitable and inclusive and and also not everybody's going to read everything. So yeah. for you to be able to understand what your demographic is and mm-hmm. who you're trying to reach and what is appealing to them and really continuing to focus on that has been, I believe, important and also a, a way to remain successful yeah, But it's a, it's a funny thing yeah. because that's, you know, it kind of is counter to the culture right now.
1: Yeah. I think what makes, um, main home and design kind of interesting is that we have all these departments, right? Um, which are quick reads and also give you tips and tell you about trends. Um, but then we have these three home features that we always include, um, And there's a reason why the magazine since the beginning has always had these three home features because you get to, you know, enter these people's homes. They're all really well done. Um, I mean, a lot of thought and really, like, um, form follows function. Like, those are the things, like, you will usually try to – and we don't discriminate either, like – we love the cozy traditional home and we love the sustainable modern home and we love the super grand home. Um, and we really love the small smartly designed home, but, um, yeah, the, you, you get those homes, but we also have these departments where, um, we have a color theory department that kind of, um, you know, I mean, we just all found out what the new Pantone color was, Um, we all have opinions on it (laughs) and, um, there's certain colors that are trending and then there's certain colors that have staying power. We kind of try to, um, give tips to our readers, the colors that, you know, are worth investing in. I don't think the white kitchen is gone, right? (laughs) I think the white kitchen definitely has, um, a lot of value. Um, so those departments, um, are really, there to give you something extra besides the, the home features. Um, and in every issue, I still, a lot of editors don't write. I do a couple, I, I do um, our design theory column, and I also do a design lesson, which as a design person, um, <laughs> I love taking an object that we all know and kind of discussing the history of it. So I think there's certain things in main home design that you won't find in other publications either. I don't know if I'm going to beyond. I'm just trying to explain, like, um, what our brand is really about. Um, so I think there's something for the, like, even a little kid that picks it up because I want my daughter to, like, pick it up and be able to relate to it. So no matter what she looks at it, she, she'll look at the floor plans and she'll look at, like, you know, the history of Lincoln Logs and the fact that Frank Lloyd Wright's son – design them and you know uh, the history behind that she found was really interesting and how it related to a project that he was designing in Japan and like the, the why the interlocking blocks work the way they do and and that represents how like the hotel stayed together in Japan so i mean there's definitely it, it's not just for like the elite which i maybe i came off as like kind of <laughs> saying that, like the, um, people with, um, more money, (laughs) um, I think it's for everyone. Um, but the homes we do profile are those, those really great examples.
0: I think it's also important, you know, you, you know, your demographic, you know, Mm -hmm. your readers, you you do have a broader appeal Mm -hmm. Um, and also it is an aspirational magazine. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I pick up main home and design, there's something about it that kind of makes me happy. And I think, oh, I I could do this here and I could see the way that they've done this countertop. And, um, -hmm. so I think not losing sight of that, that, you know, this maybe not everything is always available to everybody, but maybe some Mm -hmm. things are available to the person that's looking to do something different yeah Yeah. so i just want to end by finding out how are your kids doing
1: oh they're doing well um i feel like when we first met they were babies um my youngest is six and then my oldest is 11 um and yeah they love living in maine they love design <laughs> they uh, love sports and we're, we're living that sport life right now with soccer even the winter we're doing indoor soccer and ballet and all of that fun stuff so I'm really lucky to thank you for asking um be able to have a great job and a great personal life with my husband and daughters and yeah they're thriving thank you <laughs>
0: Well, I know that I was always very impressed with your ability to really fully be available at work and also really do a great job balancing that with everything that you had going on. Because you're right. When I first <laughs> met you, they were much younger. Yeah. But it never seemed, it. you know, I think it's hard for all of us. And having also raised You've my own that. kids. I have, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but I think the ability to kind of live fully in all worlds is, is hard, and you cultivate mm-hmm. it, but it can be so rewarding to be happy in your job, to be happy you know, doing what you yeah. love doing, and I think you bring that back to being a parent. Oh, thanks. So,
1: you do a great job of that too. So. Well. Thank you. We, we are <laughs> It's a hard balance, right?
0: <laughs> you know, it is. And I think for me, um, that's why I always so appreciated seeing what you were doing with your family and mm-hmm. with your husband and how mindful you were and the choices that you made, because um, I, I know that's, re- that's always been really important to me. And now mm-hmm. that my kids are, are older, yeah. I've seen the great relationship that I have with them. And you know that the fact that, that yeah, I mean it. I mean it's an investment of energy, so it's an investment. Yeah. It's a very conscious way to live. So I'm going to give you lots of credit for that. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And um, and I do hope that you will continue to um, mm-hmm. follow the same path. And I'm really thrilled that mm-hmm. you've been able to come in and check yeah. in with me today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun.
0: Well, we won't make it four and a half years next time. Yes. <laughs> Definitely not. A little shorter (laughs) than that, yes. I've been speaking with Danielle Devine. She is the editor of Maine Home Design Magazine. I encourage you to spend some time looking through the pages, uh, whether virtually or uh, paper version, old school, of Maine Home Design Magazine. And also take a look at all the art interspersed because certainly there is a focus on art in Maine Home Design and the work that she does, and, and our worlds are really not that far apart. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you.